The Palace of Westminster is actually just on the other side of the River Thames from where we are at the National Theatre at the moment. We basically face each other like two sceptical uh, institutions and the uh, Palace of Westminster is basically split into two houses. You have the House of Commons, uh, which is elected members of Parliament, and then the House of Lords, which is sort of appointed peers. And this house takes place in the House of Commons, um, so that's one side of the house. And if you've ever seen it on the television, it's the green benches, whereas the House of, Com uh, house of Lords are the red benches. And in the House of Commons, it's split down the middle into two opposing sides, so it's quite gladiatorial and quite tense in there. And the government generally sits on one side of the house and then the opposition parties sit on the other. And that's where all the debating happens. If you want to have a debate over a piece of legislation or if you want to have a vote on a particular bill, that's where you go. We keep the red flag flying as the Labour Party. Um, and, and especially in those days, I guess, they were very much the, um, the party of the people. Um, the Labour Party office then was um, was full of, um, I guess, working class uh, guys who had been brought up in working class homes and been members of trade unions and had very ordinary uh, jobs and uh, were fighting for the rights of the have-nots, I suppose. Well, the Conservative Party are blue and they're also known as Tories. Uh, and in our play, which is set between 1974 and 1979, they are typically uh, fall into a main category, which is uh, upper middle class, well, middle, yeah, upper middle class, upper class, occasionally the aristocracy. Um, the, the phrase true blue can be applied to a, a British conservative. They're very, um, well, still actually, um, pretty posh. There's a line in the play which says, uh, they're talking about this, uh, the process of the procedure of flushing, which a new whip is being, um, is being uh, told what her uh, duties will be. One of her jobs is to go uh, to the toilets and see if anybody is in there and try and get them downstairs to vote. He says, uh, try and work out if the shoes in the cubicle are labour or not. If they are, flush them out. So, in those days, you probably would have been able to tell if a pair of shoes was Tory or a pair of shoes was Labour. The Tories would have been very smart shoes, the Labour less so. That, broadly speaking, is the distinction we're talking about in this period. Whips are these very strange, ancient British beasts in, in, in politics in this country. They are uh, roles in Westminster. Um, a team of about 15 or 16 people, men and women, who are members of parliament, and they're grouped together and they're given an office in Westminster, and their job basically is, is party political. It's to, to herd and shepherd and manage all of your members of parliament in your party. So we have Labour whips, whose job it is to, uh, to look after the Labour MPs, and you have uh, Conservative whips, and their job is to look after the Tories. And they do a range of things from, uh, on one level, telling members of parliament what legislation is coming up and telling them when to turn up to vote. And then everything else in between, it's quite um, pastoral. They, they look after the emotional side of members of parliament. If they're going through a hard time, they'll invite them in, give them a cup of tea, or actually probably something much stronger than that, and, and see if they're okay. They look after people's health, their wealth, and, and everything in between. They're sort of, um, yeah, they're the human resource pastoral side of, of politics. 
it's very rare that we have um, a hung parliament in this country. And a hung parliament is basically when, at an election, no one single party has a majority of, of, of members of parliament. They don't have more members of parliament than anyone else combined. And it's happened in 2010. We're now faced with a modern coalition with the, with the Conservatives and the Liberal Democrats working together to bolster their numbers. And the last time we had it was 1974. And in that case, it was the Labour government who got more than anyone else, but not quite enough members of parliament to have a majority. But unlike this government, unlike the Conservatives and the Lib Dems, the Labour government decided they were going to rule as a minority, which gives them this impossible task, because instead of, instead of joining with other parties, they thought we'll try and govern alone without enough members of parliament to pass every single thing. And that's why, that's why it's so dramatic and that's why it's, it's so exciting because the Labour government and the Labour whips, in order to pass anything, have to get every single one of their members in. And on top of that, they have to somehow coax people from other parties as well in order to get anything done. And that's why in this parliament, 74 to 79, virtually all legislation was either won or lost uh, on one or two votes. At the opening of the play, the Labour Party just get into power, but only just. They don't have a majority, so they don't have enough members of Parliament to pass the laws they want to. Um, and they're facing the Conservative opposition, who have a few less MPs than them, so they're the opposition, but roughly they're mainly balanced. And so you get this quite fun, um, it's almost like a sport, you get this fun a game whereby both Labour and Conservatives are trying to pick off the smaller parties and the smaller uh, independent members of Parliament to bolster their numbers. So, and they call these people the odds and sods, and they try and scoop up as many as possible to get more than the other side. And these members of Parliament will be people like the Liberal Party, who are now the Lib Dems. I think they had around um, 20 MPs. Then you've got all these nationalist parties. You've got uh, Irish nationalists, Scottish nationalists, Welsh nationalists. Um, and so basically how it works is that uh, whether you're a Labour whip or a Tory whip, you just go and try and charm them, either in the bar, in the cafes, on the terraces, in their flats, on trains. You try and just pick off all these different members and say, come on to our side and we'll, we'll work together and we'll try and pass legislation that's beneficial to you as well. In most political systems in the world, politicians can vote electronically. They can press buttons and their vote is registered. But the United Kingdom, where things are very traditional, um, people can only vote physically with their body. They have to pass through a, uh, a lobby and be counted physically. And if they're not there, their vote doesn't count. They can't do it electronically. And so a system has evolved within British politics called pairing whereby if a member of one party can't be there, the other party, by gentleman's agreement, um, remove one of their members so that the, um, uh, the vote remains balanced. The speaker, the speaker's effectively the chairman of the House. Everything, all questions have to go through him, crucially, and he uh, as you'll see in the play, calls out the members of Parliament by their constituency name. So where they so we never hear their real names. We sometimes do the odd name check happens, um, but it's all by where 
the community, the constituency that they represent. And extraordinarily, any speaker, including today John Burkow, the current speaker, has to memorise, has to see people. And famously, they say, I know what constituency he belongs to. I have no idea what his second name is. Um, you know, think they will know that. And they say, the member for Isha, the member for Paddington South, you know, and that person is allowed to stand up and talk. They all, all the MPs, famously, I'm sure people of um, wherever you're from will have seen footage of the House of Commons, same in Canada and Australia. Uh, they have the same system where people desperately try and get the attention of the speaker by waving their papers and then the speaker decides who to who to pick. Uh, so you have to keep on the right side of the speaker because if he if you've you know if you've annoyed him for any reason he'll go no you're not getting to speak today because I know you're going to cause trouble or I know this you've got to be in your bonnet about this particular subject this bill whatever is being discussed that day.